You're listening to episode 61 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. You know I love a good blast from the past. Thanks to someone I went to high school with, I was able to meet and connect with this week's guest who is out here determined to change the world, specifically within the workplace. Ashley Connell is the founder and CEO of Prowess Project, and she's here to give us a glimpse into a topic that many can relate to, and that's returning to the workplace after some time off. Before we meet Ashley, let's go over the review of the week. This week's review comes from LDB443, and it reads, Really related to this one and got me feeling motivated for change. I felt stuck in my career, afraid to make the next big jump. More, please. Thanks, LDB443, for your awesome review. Remember, for your chance to be featured for the review of the week, submit and review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Stitcher. And if you're listening on another platform, such as Spotify, that doesn't allow reviews, head over to mindbizlife.com, submit your review through the review tab, and also remember that that review is going to be added to the MindBizLife website. Okay, are you ready to meet the woman that is shifting the lives of many? You know what to do. Tune in. Turn it up. Let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. This week's guest is Ashley Connell. Ashley is the CEO and founder of Prowess Project, and she has been an unstoppable tech marketer and entrepreneur in both Austin and London over the past 13 years of her career. With a keen ability to marry the art and science of marketing, she has honed her dynamic skills in key positions, including launching and driving all European marketing initiatives during her tenure at Spiceworks and managing global field marketing at SanDisk. Ashley, welcome to the show. I'm pumped to have you join me today. Hello. Yes. Thank you so much. It is my honor to be on here and have a conversation with you. Can't wait. Oh my goodness. Ashley, you are what I like to refer to in the show as a world shifter. You are one part (laughs) fearless entrepreneur and one part fearless women's advocate and girl. I love that. So before we dive into all the questions I have, let's just start with the easiest one. Tell us a little bit about your journey and your background and what got you to this phase in life. Oh, gosh. World shifter. I'm going to use that. You should. <laughs> you should own I it. I love it. <laughs> I know. I need to own it. Wow. Um, so, yes, my background, I have been in tech marketing for the past 12 years, and while I was there, I, I absolutely loved it. I learned a ton. I was always the guinea pig mm. of the team. So they were always like, hey, Ashley, here's a problem. Go figure it out. Go fix it. What can we learn from this? And how do we come back and, and change? So with that, it's not particularly surprising that I went into entrepreneurship. But taking a step back, when I was in tech marketing, a lot of the times I was the only female in the room. And when we were having meetings, I, gosh, I would say 99 times out of 100, I was told to take the notes. Oh. And that's fine. And I'm a team player and I get it. And like, hey, I, I'm sure I'm happy to help out. 
But I realized that this was happening again and again. And what was, what made it worse was it wasn't just taking the notes and putting in helping out the team. It was then, okay, well, Ashley's in charge of the uh, deliverables and when they're due. Ashley's in charge of the follow-up. Ashley's in charge of making sure that everyone is on course. And thinking about all of this, I was like, guys, I'm a creative. <laughs> That's my background. And here I am essentially being a project manager. So I started talking to uh, other women and I was like, hey, this is really odd, but is this something that you deal with? And Lauren, every single woman, I mean, it, wow. it was insane. They're like, yep. Oh yeah. I'm always the one to take the notes. Oh yeah. I, I don't even volunteer now. It's, it's like I'm quote unquote voluntold. Right. That, oh yeah. Sally's going to take the notes. Mm. And it just drove me nuts thinking about this and realizing this. So there, there's this scenario happening in the background, background, right? Well, um, when I then shifted over from tech marketing to then doing consulting with two other male mentors of mine okay. and uh, we were doing marketing, but as a contractor or as consultants, we're really good at marketing. Right. We're not so good on the business operations side. Yeah. <laughs> or we're, we're good enough, but not fantastic. And so one of our partners, he got his wife to help out with the business operations. So her and I are chatting one day, and I don't even know what we were talking about, but she, I asked her about a background. And this woman is so qualified. She has two degrees. She has, she taught herself graphic design. She taught herself bookkeeping. She's done sales, and she's a mom. So she took off three years to raise her children from that amazing career. And it, she was in her second year of trying to get back into the workforce and couldn't even get an interview. Jeez. Yeah. My jaw dropped because here I am utilizing this woman who literally turned around our consulting company. Mm. We went from all over the place to profitable and able to really look at pipeline, the whole shebang. And if she was getting a callback, it was to file papers. And she has these two degrees. And she, and I was like, well, clearly this has to be just this one off thing. And again, she was like, Ashley, no, this is a huge problem. Mm. I have a list of probably 20 friends that I could tell you about that. It's the same exact thing. So I'm, um, I'm 32. I am married. I want to have kids someday. But as I was saying before, I've been really laser focused on my career. Right. And so I started doing some digging, like what would happen if I decided to have children and decided to take some time off. And according to Harvard Business Review, if a woman is out for just three years, she loses 37% of her total compensation power for the rest of her life. Shut up. No yeah. Way. Whoa. That was my exact reaction. And God. So, so what do you do with that? Like, dang. Right. Right. And so knowing that and getting to know this woman, her name is Leah. Um, 
I was just like, you know, not on my watch. Mm. Absolutely not. So we created Prowess Project. And what Prowess Project is, is we help businesses with operations and project management and other specialized talent that you may need. And the way that we do that is we vet and certify women, many of them who are stay-at-home moms who are trying to get back into the workforce but can't find anything flexible and empowering. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, think, right. Just thinking about moms, like I, when I was building this, I immediately started talking to as many as I possibly could. Right. Um, on, Hey, are you, are you thinking about going back to the workforce? Are you not? Why, why wouldn't you, what are the barriers? And it's so sad. So many of these women were saying, Ashley, I would go back into the workforce, but I don't have any skills. And you're and like, looking, yeah, it's like crazy. Cause like, not only do you know, like they probably have a plethora of skills that they've just learned in their lifetime, but you're also like, you're a parent, <laughs> like you're managing household, right. like you're raising humans. <laughs> like Those are lots of skills. <laughs> Bingo. You absolutely nailed it when you were saying you were managing a household. And that's what I say to them. I'm like, that is crap. Yeah. You have been project managing a household for the past five years. Why can't you take the skills from that and bring it into the workforce? And so that's how we decided on operations and project management because moms are natural leaders in that space. Oh, I love that. And you know, I know that so many of our listeners right now are probably just shaking their heads. Yes, because I can think of just a few people I know of that are listening to this and they had that same struggle of getting back into the workplace. And I was really fortunate because um, I worked from home with my kids, but I actually felt a completely separate type of guilt. I, and it sounds like so crazy thinking back on it, but with my second daughter, I didn't tell any of my clients that I was pregnant not a single one because I was afraid that they would be like, Oh, she's not going to be able to keep up with the workload. We're yep. going to find someone else. So I just like, I kept it not like a secret, but it was like, you know, they were put on a separate list of my Facebook page and they were blocked <laughs> from, <laughs> from like those. Yeah. Updates. And then I felt myself almost like guilted back into going into work way before I was emotionally ready. So you know, I felt like I had lost a piece of my identity. And I think maybe that is what it sounds like moms who are coming back into the workforce, like maybe they've lost a sense of their identity as well. What, what do you think the biggest struggle is for women when it comes into reentering the workplace after the time off besides trying to figure out what their skills are? Great question. And I completely hear what you're saying. I hear examples like that all the time when being a mom and having a family should be a, a pro it ends up being a con yeah. because people think you're distracted when really you're going to be the most diligent worker because you have a finite amount of hours. You have to get a lot done. You will yeah. absolutely get it done because guess what? You have little ones that you need to take care of and need that monetary support when you get home. Exactly. It's like, 
it drives me crazy yeah. <laughs> even hearing these things. Um, but to answer your question, what is the number one reason holding women back? And again, I don't want to speak for everyone, even throughout our whole conversation. This is just based on me talking to probably close to 200 women in this, in this scenario. But number one thing is confidence. Mm. They have the skills. They, they actually are better when it comes to emotional intelligence and team dynamics. But we spend a lot of time convincing themselves, convincing them that they're up to the task and will probably succeed with flying colors when they reenter. Man, mindset is a huge player. It really is. And that this comes up in the show all the time. And it's, it's like if you don't have that strong mindset or the full awareness of yourself or the full confidence of yourself, it can impact your life in so many ways. So how can we shift into a mindset that's full of confidence? Because I know it's not an overnight thing, but do you have any tips or tricks or techniques that help catapult the shift? Oh, goodness. I got a list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hit us with them. <laughs> yeah. So the one that has helped us the most. So taking a step back um, with, with Prowl's Project, we just launched in February. So wow. we are, yes, we are very, very new um, and really figuring things out. We've had a ton of early success because there's a ton of people who feel this whether it's exactly them or someone like me who it will be their future. I'm, I always joke that I'm solving my future problem. Yeah, you are. I'm not there, How <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. The one thing that has really helped, right, because it's the beginning of the business, we're trying to figure things out. And make sure that we are successful, not only for ourselves, but all these women that we're helping. And it was a simple mind shift. What I realized I was saying all the time was, we're almost there. Like, oh my gosh, we're on the cusp. I can feel it. Like, oh, it's going to happen so soon. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And the woman I was referencing at the beginning, my inspiration for this, Leah, she was like, Ashley, if you keep on thinking in that way, you are putting off energy into the world and into the universe that you still don't have whatever it is that you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, whatever it is you desire, because you're, you're saying it's so close, but it's not there. Mm. And that to me, I mean, it, talk about light bulb moment. I went from, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm so overwhelmed. I have all these things. I get letters of these women telling me their stories and how much they appreciate our help. And I'm completely overwhelmed to, oh my gosh. So it, it went from, we are so close to it's happening. Yes. And what I love about the phrase it's happening is it's not a destination. It's not saying, hey, one thing is going to happen and completely change our path 
it, it really is all building up together and just trying to attract all this positive energy and people who want to help us along the way. Mm. I love that you brought up the universe and energy and that that was your <laughs> that was your light bulb moment because I've always been told that when you have that aha moment that just means that your soul is has already known that message but it's just it's resonating with it again. So when you have an aha moment, you already knew that deep within you. It just took someone else to bring it back out. And I and I I'm a huge energy person. So so I totally believe it when you just change your way of thinking it it's like a your eyes are like an open in a way they've never been open before almost it's so true it's crazy it, i mean literally that day that i was very intentional about making that shift i was getting email after email about all of these companies who wanted to work with us and we we got an award i mean it was it was craziness wow. just by shifting the mindset so wow. i highly highly recommend um, thinking about this idea of it's happening versus we're so close or I'm about to be or the woman who I want to be. Mm. Girlfriend, you're already there. <laughs> you're already doing it. It's already happening. You're already building it. Own, own that. It. Yes, own it. Oh, man, I love that. You know, based off of your research and just observations, are there any core differences in the workplace when it comes to the way that men and women think? Is there, because I, I yes. can think of a thousand, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot better yes. ones. <laughs> well, I love that you asked that because at Prowess Project, the way that we look at our mission and what we're doing is we want to achieve gender equality in the workforce. Mm. And that comes from my years of being the only that comes from years of stories that I heard of other women who um, didn't get opportunities because of unconscious bias. And so I say that because the first problem, and in the near term, we are fixing, or, well, we are helping this idea of the mommy penalty. And that's what we were just discussing, the um, a woman loses 37% of their compensation power, right? Right. Well, other things that we're talking about really have a lot to do with this idea of gender equality. So we do this panel that's called Men Tell All, just like The Bachelor. Yeah. And what we do is we have four, I live in Austin, so we have four Austin leaders that are male get up on this panel and talk about gender equality. And typically, the audience is, um, I would say, 70% women, 30% men. Okay. But how that's really helpful is it gives us, the women in the audience, a better idea of how do men see that gender equality is? What do they think that we need to work on? And I don't mean we as in women. I mean we as a society. Right. And taking that even further... How do we as women, when we're talking about um, empowering each other, how do we bring in these male allies because they're going to be our advocates for us, right? Yes. 
So we're having this conversation, and obviously, as you can imagine, it's extremely lively. <laughs> we have, I mean, it's back and forth, <laughs> talking about unconscious bias and different scenarios. And here comes another light bulb moment. We realized that men and women have a different definition of confidence. Hmm. For men, it's the idea of you fake it till you make it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't have the slides ready, but I'm going to pull them together real quick and I'm going to show up feeling like a million dollars and give my entire presentation and knock it out of the park. How women think of confidence is I have all the available information possible to make an informed decision. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Those are two yeah, very different, like, very different <laughs> scopes. And I'm definitely with those women. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And if you think about it, it happens all the time. I want to understand everyone's perspective in the room before I chime in in a meeting. Right. I, I, when we're brainstorming, I want to think through and make the most thoughtful um, conclusion before I share it. Yes. Well, what happens in that scenario? If these women are thinking through their answer, but men may not be 100% sure, but are just are um, saying the first thing that comes to them because they're, quote unquote, faking it till they make it when it comes to what they're contributing. Mm. Over and over and over again, you're going to hear from the men and not the women. Right. How do we, how do we balance that out? So I personally believe it's through communication. Mm. It's through shedding a light on these differences. And believe me, I'm not saying that one is better than the other. And the, this idea of fake it till you make it, gosh, I feel like a lot of women wish they had that because they wouldn't put so much burden on themselves to figure it out, out on their own. Right. So I really think that it's about men and women, women coming together and talking about these things so that you can turn the tables and put yourself in the other gender shoes. Mm. Yeah. I can be hard. Because you get it. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially like when you're just thinking in two different ways and it, I know just from my perspective, my, my biggest hurdle has always been like perfection and I really had to hone in and honor purpose over perfect. I say it all the time now because love that. when you allow just like that perfectionism, like, Oh, I can't submit this until it's perfect. Well, what is perfect? Only you define perfect, <laughs> you know? So, so I can definitely see how that has held me back in numerous ways um, in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So I could imagine how a man who, who's not honing in on perfect um, and is just going for it would beat me to the punch in numerous ways. Exactly. Yeah. This, you nailed it. I love that the, just having communication and bringing it together to, to change it together because that is exactly how it has to be changed is together. It can't be – just the women changing and it can't be just the men changing. It's unity. 
Exactly. And I feel like um, this idea of a male ally, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that there are men out there who are cheering on for the feminist movement and equality. But I actually don't think it's fair to them because us ladies haven't given them a definition of what a male ally is. So a lot of these men may think they are being allies and together they may assume each other are being allies, but then when they may be doing things that hurt women's feelings or make them feel a certain way that they just have no idea. And it's this idea of unconscious bias. Right. You, I mean, by definition, unconscious, (laughs) you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. So it really takes the communication. It really takes the back and forth to define some of these, come up with, hey, when I say this word, what does it mean to you? And when you say this word, what does it mean to me? To find a common ground. I think that's really important. Yeah. I think those conversations would have to have a lot of grace in them. Yes. Yeah. I could could imagine how maybe some people could get triggered. (laughs) buy it. Right. Right. And it's hard. It's just me sitting here being vulnerable. I mean, it's really hard being that person who's starting these conversations. Yeah. absolutely. And there's a lot of people who don't want to hear what I'm saying, or there's a lot of people who quote unquote say that they don't see gender. Mm. Well, I mean, I completely disagree with that. And if you look at unconscious bias that would prove that there's a lot of stuff that you don't even know that you're doing right on both sides not just not just men to women women to men as well yeah absolutely absolutely I know just personally I had to I had a whole belief system about men that I didn't even realize I had it was you know in your subconscious and it wasn't until I I worked through it like in different exercises that was like huh (laughs) I felt that way, (laughs) you know, but, but you pick up, you pick up habits and patterns and beliefs through just life. And everyone of course is living a different life. So it's only natural that we would have these things built into us to, to create these unconscious bias. Absolutely. And we see it over and over and over again. Now you had just said that, you know, you were doing something a little uncomfortable um, when you're being vulnerable and I, it's taken me time to lean into those things that have made me uncomfortable. How do we give ourselves permission to be uncomfortable? (laughs) It's funny that you say that. Um, because in our certification, when we're talking to these, these women who want to return to the workforce, we go through the certification. It's, it, it's the basics of project management. It is emotional intelligence. It's team dynamics. How do you work remotely? It's the latest technology. And at the end, that's what we say. We're like, here is your permission slip to go be uncomfortable. Like oh. embrace the suck. It is going to suck. <laughs> you are going to feel like not like you're not on your A game, but chances are your C game is everyone else's A game. Right. 
So it's almost being like everyone else is in the same boat and it may not be this exact, this exact scenario. It may not be with this exact technology that you're struggling with. It may not be with um, this exact job that you really want, but you're not sure you're qualified for. Everyone has them and everyone's going through the same thing, just didn't apply differently. I love that. I love that. What would you say to a woman who may be listening right now who is still trying to gain the confidence or gain some clarity on the next steps of entering the workplace? What, what, what encouraging words would you give her? Well, given that we found that women need a lot of information before they make the decision, typically, this may not be encouraging per se, but it helps me. I like knowing what I'm getting into. Mm. I like knowing that, um, hey, yeah, I may be the underdog. I like knowing statistics about the workforce that maybe aren't so good, but how I'm going to be that change agent. Like, for example, if you're thinking about going into tech, you're gonna, there's one in four people in technology are women. Mm. Right. So you're, there's going to be a gender gap, like just know it going in. Yes. And you're, and no one is going to be an advocate for you. And that's very scary. So you have to learn to do it yourself. Mm. How do you advocate for yourself? And it's hard. Yeah. Hard for women, especially. How do you advocate for yourself? (laughs) The way I do it. Yeah, let's two ways. Way Ashley does it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> two ways. Um, first, I have a little sister. She is just starting her career. Mm-hmm. And I always take myself out of the scenario. And I was like, if Avery was in this scenario, what would I say? How would I respond to her? What would I tell her to do? Right. It's really good because that's like and, a, it takes a step back and like puts you in the shoes and allows more compassion to come in. Exactly. And I think that that works for some people who are more externally motivated. Right. But the other example, I think, are for people who are more internally motivated. And if, if my Avery trick isn't working, <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think back about how proud the seven-year-old me would be right now. Ooh. Ooh. Seeing all that I've accomplished, watched all the times I really screwed up and how I bounced back um, and just how, what kind of pedestal that she would put me on. Man, looking back to, to even think that, what would my seven-year-old self think of me. Um, I've thought of that actually very recently before. And I was like, Oh, I think she'd be pretty proud, (laughs) you know, but it's like, maybe, maybe wouldn't have done it the exact same way, but like you did the job and you're getting it done. So it's like really humbling almost to like go back into those shoes and just put you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because at seven, eight, like you have big dreams for yourself. Yeah, what, what did you want to be when you were seven or eight? Oh, you know, it's funny because I've been asked this and so many times, it's funny. I didn't know that entrepreneur was a thing, right? 
Oh so yeah. No, I, me neither. It's not like people are like, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? It's like, what? But <laughs> I had always done entrepreneurial things. So I, it was never in my scope, right, to be an entrepreneur. But I would always be like, oh, I'm going to own a shop one day when I'm older. Or I'm going to start a, but it never resonated to me that I was having entrepreneurial thoughts. So in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a political lobbyist. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> one year in college, and I'm like, I am not going to be a political lobbyist. <laughs> so I just didn't know. I was not self-aware enough as a high, well, I definitely was. I was not self-aware enough as a high schooler, as even a college student to really understand what I wanted to do. Um, the job of entrepreneurship was never in my scope. And when it opened up, it just made so much sense. I was like, huh, there you are. <laughs> That's been it the whole time, you know? I, yes, I absolutely love that. I love that you were already cultivating your amazing podcast and talking about the topics that really mean something to you. I love that you were cultivating that at seven or eight. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, yeah. It's so crazy. I, I actually remember um, two very different businesses and I worked closely with my mom when I was, when I was growing up and I remember being 16 and she and I, she took me to a conference with her and like we wrote a business plan on the way home. Like, and you know, like I didn't, at the time I had no idea it was a business plan, right? Now I do. I look back, I'm like, dang, I wrote a business plan, but that's exactly what we were doing. It was like, come like bouncing these ideas off each other and like, oh, that could work and we could do this. I had just didn't, you know, I wasn't very mindful as to what I was doing in that time. And I looked back and I was like, I was doing it all along. I was just not conscious of it. Oh my gosh. I love that. Isn't that wild? I love that. <laughs> what did you want to be? Did, did you know at the age of seven that you're going to be oh, a sister? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I wanted to be a rock star. Really? <laughs> well, you're yes, rocking I, it. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I cannot sing at all but in my head i wanted to be this rock star who was making everyone feel really good and special i think that's one thing that i just that has stayed the same i love making people feel special and you are doing it now like how <laughs> well amazing. thank you that's exactly what you're doing. You are building women up to become to be more confident and excel their lives. And you've already said it, you're changing your future by doing this work. So heck yeah, you're doing it. Maybe you're not singing in front of millions, but <laughs> yes. doing it no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey Ashley, where can our audience go to just connect with you further and to learn more about the Prowess Project? Absolutely. So Come check out our website. It's just prowessproject.com or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, also all at prowessproject.com. Oh, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and sharing your empowering knowledge with our audience. I am wishing you so much continued success. Oh, Lauren, no, thank you. Seriously, this was really, really fun. And Thank you all to the audience out here who are listening, and I hope you will join us in this, this idea of gender equality and help us work towards it. Uh, thank you for holding the space for this. It's truly beautiful.
Thank you. You can find direct links to Ashley's website and social profiles on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Music, and Podbean. And remember, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend or screenshot that you're listening to it and share it on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at at MindBizLife. I'll see you back here next week for another episode, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.